Taylor's got the spirit of hurrah. <laughs> She's having fun. Yippee! Yeah, the first time that ever started happening was uh, when we were having our all-night prayer thing. Do you guys remember that? And it, it was like this room turned into a, a playpen for the Holy Spirit, and we were all just, like, doing different stuff and just, like, having fun. And uh, Taylor was going around throwing confetti and going, yay! And, like, she'd come up to JC and be like, hurrah! And now every once in a while, it gets on her again. So it's so funny. I love the Holy Spirit. I love Holy Spirit. Well, you guys are in for a treat. God wants to talk to you. Yay! Hurrah! Yay! Um, I don't have a super long message tonight, um, but I do have some very powerful points. You choking? Um, somebody? Yeah. I do have some powerful points that I want to make tonight. I want to talk to you um, about this thing called the fire that shakes the world. And the fire that shakes the world is the fire that shapes the world. In the scriptures, God is called the all-consuming fire. All-consuming fire. The funny thing about God being a fire is that he's all-consuming, but when he gets on something, he doesn't burn it out or burn it up, which is a little different than our fire. Eventually it fades, goes out, turns to ash, and becomes the memory of a fire. But the Lord is a fire that never goes out. He's an all-consuming fire. But what he consumes, he doesn't extinguish. And some of you are starting to get a little hot around the ankles. (laughs) Some of you are starting to experience what it means to step into the fire of God. Some of you got to experience a little taste of that today. Got to see what it's like to be immersed in the all-consuming fire. And the longer you stay in the fire, the less of this world and its stuff clings to you, the less the world can consume you. The world consumes and extinguishes. It's like a normal fire. You can catch fire for your girlfriend or your boyfriend. You can catch fire for fame. How many people are on fire for fame? Maybe you're a firework. How long does a firework last? It's it's real pretty while it's going, huh? Firework has very explosive entry into the world. And then it extinguishes. And all that's left is the memory of a firework. You know that feeling right when the firework show is over and you're like, but maybe a couple more? No? We're done? Okay. The Lord wants to give you firework-like power and beauty, but it's not the type of thing that goes out. It's not the type of thing that the world can extinguish. It's not the type of thing 
that when the fire catches, you end up in a gutter somewhere, wishing you were in the past, in the good old days. I don't want the good old days. I want the now to be on fire. I don't want to look back at my life and wish I was 17 again. I don't want to look back on my life and wish I was 25 again. I want to be 80 years old saying, I'm sure glad that I've gotten this far because the fire is hotter than ever. It's the fire that shakes the world that's the fire that shapes the world. The fire that shakes you down to your core and tells you who you are. The fire that sneaks up behind you, Emery, and says, I love you today, Emery. <laughs> well, Emery, you don't have to tell everybody about me yelling at you in the bathroom. I went, I went to the bathroom, and I went, yay! And Emery's like, whoa! <laughs> he like, he's like fell on the sink and stuff. It was so funny. I was dying, man. Uh, well, please forgive me. I was just having so much fun. Uh, <laughs> it's the kind of fire that once you see it, you realize it's kind of like, you know, you have like a McDonald's cheeseburger, right? And you, yeah. Okay. But when you were a kid and you were getting a happy meal, was the hype real? The hype was real for me, except unless they forgot to take off the onions, like the chopped onions. Maybe that's Sonic, but if they ever forgot to take off the chopped onions, it ruined my burger as a child. Now I'm just like, put some more onions on there. But it's like a McDonald's cheeseburger. You know, when you're a kid, you really don't have like a broad spectrum of cheeseburgers. You don't have like, you're not a connoisseur of cheeseburgers at that point. Am I right? You're just like, okay, I've had some cheeseburgers. So far, they've been pretty good. <laughs> You're never, you know, you're never really, like, as a kid, be like, ew, cheeseburger. You know, they're all pretty so-so. When you get older and you've experienced a wide spectrum of beef products, there is a certain standard of beef quality that you demand in your burgers. And I'm telling you, McDonald's doesn't have that burger for me. It's not there. Preach, baby. Preach, baby. Come on. Come on. <laughs> But I'll tell you what, when somebody, I see somebody rolling a beef patty, you know, like I'm out at a cookout and like right before the cookout, I see somebody like Todd getting, or, you know, we, we get them pre, pre-made a lot of times with the fresh and I see him seasoning that thing and I see him taking care of that burger and I see him taking the jalapeno poppers out of the fryer. Mm, yeah. That's when food reminds me that God is real, because jalapeno poppers with cream cheese and I'm fresh off the... Come on. Come on, sister. They are delicious. They are not nutritious. <laughs> they cling to you in every way possible. <laughs> and I'm so thankful for them. <laughs> uh, yeah. So after experiencing a good burger, and Todd can tell you, like, oh... <laughs> Did I do a triple one time? I, it's just ridiculous. I don't know what it comes over me, but I desire to, to, uh, I desire to consume it. But the fire that shakes the world and shapes the world is like that cheeseburger that you dream of. 
you know, the cheeseburger that you hold all other cheeseburgers in relation to. And every time you have one that's not quite as good, you're like, but remember that one time I had that one cheeseburger. You guys know what I'm talking about. Comparison? Yes. When you see the fire that never sleeps and you see the fire of God, you get dissatisfied pretty quickly. Some of you might have the desire to try to find a fire that burns as bright. Because I, I did that. I experienced God. I came to camp just like you. I shaked, I rattled, I rolled, cried, screamed, laughed in the spirit. I knew God. I knew him. I heard him speak to me. I heard him say as I was falling asleep in my bunk over and over and over until I fell asleep, I love you. I love you. I love you. And I knew it was him. And I knew it wasn't in my head because I was like, I need some sleep. What I'm saying is the experience is a fire that happens when you're in a place that's putting logs on that fire. But you're the one that gets to decide how long that fire lasts. You're the one who stewards the fire of God in your life. You're the one who gets to decide whether or not that fire lives or goes back down to quiet. Now, the fire never goes out once you accept the Lord. The fire is always in there. But distractions or the things of the world, your job, your career, your friends, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, things on TV, my favorite video games, all of those things can compete if they become your focus. Now, I'm not saying any of those things are necessarily bad. I think I didn't say any of those things that are bad. Did I say drugs? Those are bad. Don't do those. Um, unless you're getting surgery, I guess, then they'll give you some. <laughs> I don't want you to get to the hospital and be like, no, I don't need any painkillers. Thanks. <laughs> Take the painkillers. <laughs> All right, so... Totally lost my train of thought. Why? So the fire, <laughs> you get to decide how long it lives, okay? No, I think that was you in your head. <laughs> Just that tone of voice was perfect. Sleep. <laughs> no, I'll move a little closer. My spit will wake you up. <clears throat> yeah, how I was falling asleep, right? Yeah, I thought I moved past that. I did move past that. Some of you, you guys are living in the past. You need to catch up. All right. Hone it in, people. I'm being spiritual up here. Can't you tell? Okay. Listen. Listen with your heart. Listen with your heart, not with your head. Turn your brain off for a second. Listen to the fire. Let's get back. Let the fire... Take your focus again, okay? So here's the deal. I'm going to give you a few points. I'm going to tell you why that's important. But once you leave this place, you have the grand opportunity to live a life on fire. You have the grand chance that the saints of old 
in the Old Testament dreamed of a day when they could carry the power of God every single moment. Ready to lash out in love at the world. Ready to reach out and touch. Ready to take all that negativity out of your life and create an atmosphere of joy. An atmosphere. An ecosystem of the presence of God where you wake up in the morning and you don't feel depressed all the time. I'm not saying you'll never feel bad. I'm just saying you're creating an ecosystem. And that's what the fire does in your life. As you nurture that fire, as you take care of that fire, as you allow that fire to consume your mind, consume your thoughts on a daily basis, the closer you get to that fire, you're going to see that ecosystem of the Spirit of God creating life in you. Where the funks that you get stuck in, you start to recognize them for what they are and you know how to get out of them. You don't have to go to church camp, have... 20 people pray for you to get out of your funk anymore because you've created an ecosystem where the fire has burned and you've learned how to manage the fire. It's called a personal walk with Jesus Christ. It's called you're the one that's responsible for it. You get the grand privilege of being in a relationship with the person who created everything and knows you and knows how to help you you don't necessarily, while helpful, need a pastor. Would I say that I need a pastor? Okay, yeah, I definitely I need people in my life. I'm not saying go live out in the mountains like Bear Grylls or whatever, one of these guys. I'm saying when it's down to the wire and you need something from God, you don't have to have that middleman. Because you've trained yourself to fight. You've trained yourself to step into the fire. You've trained yourself to allow God to rise up in you and your enemies to be shattered. Do you want your enemies' depression, fear, anxiety? Do you want your enemies to be shattered? I'm telling you, the fire is the answer. The relationship you have with God. The closer you get to the all-consuming fire, the more you are consumed. Until all of you is consumed. The less the world will stick to you and hang to you. I'm telling you that's where the power is. If you want to know the secret of living a life of joy. If you want to know the secret of living in peace. If you want to know the secret of not being worried what other people are going to think about you. Of how you're going to pay for college. You want to get the fear out. The fire is the answer. The fire is the way. The fire is how you'll stay strong. And no, it's not going to be perfect. But you weren't just made to have everything handed to you. You were also created in the image of God. And he's a fighter. And you're a fighter. And you're warriors. You've been designed by a warrior. To be a warrior. And the fire fights. And the fire always wins. It always wins. The fire that shakes the world is the fire that shapes the world. Okay? What does that mean? On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came and tongues of fire appeared over 
all of the followers of Jesus' heads, which I'm sure freaked them out thoroughly. And they all started speaking in different languages, and they're looking at each other like, why are you being so weird? And they're looking at the other guys, and they're like, you're being weird too. And they began to speak in foreign languages, and then all the foreigners that heard them, because apparently they were super loud, came and were like, hey, somebody who knows my language. Let me check this out. Sicilian? One of my Sicilian brothers up there, Galilean, Hebrew. This is weird, okay? You're praising God. I don't know what's going on. And a guy's getting out with a beard. He smells like fish. He says, my name's Peter. He says, you crucified Jesus. I'm pierced to the heart. What do I do? My whole world's been shaken. It was the fire that shook the world down to its core the day of Pentecost. It shook the entire world until the leaders of the world at the time said, these are those that are turning the world upside down. We can't get it together, people. All of our old tricks, all of our ways of getting the people's attention, they're not working anymore. Our power structure is crumbling before us. We better go kill some disciples because I don't know what else we're going to do. Nobody listens to us anymore because they had found the fire and they realized that the religious structures that were in place at the time were old, boring, and out of date and oppressive. I'd rather have a living God than a bunch of guys in robes telling me everything I do wrong on a daily basis. I don't know about you. First off, robes, come on, guys, pants. Togas. I'm sure there's lots of air and freedom, but I'm just saying pants are great for working, but you don't get your robe snag, you know, you don't get your pants snagged like a robe when you're like trying to dig a ditch and you're like, <clears throat> that's why we invented pants, denim, Matt Rogers, uh, oh, heck yeah. <laughs> so the world was shaken and everybody's like, what just happened? Something of an invisible quality is wrecking everything that used to be. And I'm telling you, there's someone of an invisible quality who wants to wreck everything that you thought you were and rearrange it to something you have only hoped and more that you could be. Everything deep down that you wish you could be, the true source of it. Your desire for significance. Your desire to be seen. Your desire to be known and to be loved and to feel safe. All those things are in the fire. It shook the world. And it's still shaking the world. Otherwise, you guys wouldn't be sitting here. You'd be off playing football or something. You wouldn't be here. It's the fire that also shapes the world. And that's where you come in. The disciples stood up and they let God come out of them. Isn't that interesting? The first thing God didn't do was like, did you notice he didn't start with the sermon? He didn't say, hey, Peter, I need you to preach or else I can't come. 
He didn't say, hey, hey, John, I, I need you to give a really good exhortation to all the people in Jerusalem or else I won't be able to come. You know what they were doing? They were praying. They were praying. They were in unity. They were together like we are. And they said, we want one thing. And that one thing is God. And God said, hey, did you know I'm a fire? Did you know I'm powerful? Did you know I've got that power for you? And then Peter opened his mouth. But the first thing that happened was that the fire jumped on some people. I see some people right here. Oh, wow. Look at all these people. What if we just let the fire jump on us? What could happen? Could it be interesting? <laughs> it doesn't seem boring to me. I don't know if you've read the New Testament. It's quite an adventure. <laughs> Paul gets bit by a snake, and all the natives are like, he going to die. <laughs> he going to die. And they're all watching him because they didn't have TV back then, so you just watch the people dying from snake bites. Well, this is the most entertainment we've had in a while. Old white boy over there. Well, he's probably actually dark because he was Hebrew. Old uh, foreigner over there is going to keel over from the snake bite. Get Ling Ling and Tom Tom. We're going to watch this guy kick it. <laughs> and Paul didn't die. And they're all like, well, he must be deity. They knew there was something supernatural about Paul. And they're going to know there's something supernatural about you. Now, I don't suggest purposely getting bit by a snake. It's probably not a good plan. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> there's something that when it shakes someone, it becomes an outflow. And I'm telling you, Peter didn't get up and preach, and that's why the world changed. That was just a part of what God was doing. That's not what set the world on fire, Peter getting up and preaching. God doesn't need you to get up and preach. Now, he needs you to partner with him because he, he's waiting for willing vessels. He's waiting for people to partner with him. What set the world on fire was people pursuing God. Just like you. No different. There's no difference. There's no difference in the potentiality of what you're capable of as those disciples that were in that room praying. All they wanted was God. The one thing. When the one thing becomes the one thing, the world around you will begin to set on fire. That's it. It's that simple. It's that simple. You want to see revival? You want to see the world set on fire for God? You want people to experience what you're experiencing here? You're walking in some things that you're starting to see freedom come to your life? Do you want somebody else to have that? To maybe experience freedom? To not be heavy? Not to be depressed? Not to be broken? Not feel like their life is hopeless? You're the answer. You're the answer. There's... 
There's nobody in here that isn't a, isn't a message from heaven. There's nobody in here that isn't a message directly from the mouth of God. You're the message. You're the one carrying the fire. And they're like, hey, where'd you get that fire? They're like, I know a guy. He's got more. You are a mobile secret place. You can access God now and anytime you want with simple faith. People make it hard. People think it's, and I've been there, so I can totally relate. People think it's hard to get a hold of God. Simple faith. Simple believing I have access. God is never running from me. God is never distant. Simple faith. A simple belief. God is with me. If you believe the word, Emmanuel, and you have a revelation of Emmanuel, God with me, God with us, if you have that revelation, he is accessible at any time. Guys, he's not hiding. He's not hiding. Now, he might take you for a little Easter egg hunt where you want an answer, and he puts it over there in the bush, and he's like, hey, it's over there. What's over there? <clears throat> you should go look over there. But what's over there, God? You should go look in that bush. I'm not going to do that. That's stupid. Go look in the bush. I'm telling you, it's going to be awesome. God, you're off your rocker. You've been at this thing for way too long, buddy. Several thousand years has clearly made you terminally insane. And he's like, all right, well, I'm just going to sit here. And I'm going to look at the bush. And when you look at me, you're going to see me looking at the bush. And you're going to, like, ask me stuff. And I'm just going to be like, the answer is in the bush. Okay. I'm going to go check out the bush. So stupid. Stupid bush. What's in here? What's in here? Oh. Oh. oh, I think this is for you, actually. What does that say? What does that say? You see that? You see that? It, it's a, there's nothing in my hand. What are you looking at? <laughs> You're like, we're being so spiritual. No, we're not. <laughs> Just kidding. Everything's spiritual. Everything. Except the indigestion. That's definitely not from God. Indigestion is your body's way of telling you you made a bad choice. <laughs> it's the fifth pizza pizza. God will not hide himself necessarily in a point of access, but some of the answers that we're looking for in God, they take pursuit. So you're going to have to pursue him. You know, it's not going to be like, I feel the presence every single day of my life, and it's so happy. And if that's your experience, God bless you. That's not mine. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little, you know, if jealousy was from God, I would totally do that, but I don't have time. So some of the answers you guys want that you're asking God and he hasn't told you yet, do not be discouraged. Do you know how many questions I've asked God? And it's like one of those things, it's like I, I just keep asking more and more questions the more I know God. And it's like, if he told me all at once, I'm pretty sure my head would explode at this point because it's like, well, why did Adam and Eve do this? Why did Moses, why did my grandma do that? Like constantly asking him questions. But I don't have this thing where I'm like, my day is ruined because he didn't tell me why grandma didn't make the cookies I liked on my birthday and I was really sad about it. You know, 
or a serious question like, what, is it my fault my parents got divorced? The answer is no. But the different range of questions that we have that we're asking God and we're like, God, please, please tell me, please, 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 please. And you just become obsessed and you can't have any fun and you can't live your life or you're stuck. And then you're like, get so tired and exhausted that you just walk away from God because you're tired of asking the question. And he's like, wow, this is, this is serious. We're going to have to get you some help. Can you imagine if you did that to somebody like Emily and you're like, Emily, what's your favorite color? And she was just like, hey, I'm really busy. You know, like not, this is a terrible illustration. God doesn't get busy. But <clears throat> let's say I ask Emily why she did something and she's not ready to tell me yet. And I was just like, Emily, 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 please, please tell me, please tell me, please tell me. We cannot still be friends if you don't tell me, Emily, Emily. And then like you go home. And the next day you guys go out for pizza and you're like, okay, I'll take a pepperoni. Now, Emily, about what we were talking about, Emily, Emily, Emily. Can you imagine a relationship like that? Like, I don't know. I think it drives both people completely crazy. Um, Now, God doesn't go crazy. He's just like, he's wanting us to see him as a person too, okay? Not just an answer machine. And so we've got to turn off that side of us that is so longing to have those questions fulfilled and long for him instead. You're seeking his heart, not his hand, okay? If God doesn't give you the Camaro you always wanted, unless you're Devin, then... <laughs> just, I love you, brother. And he doesn't give you the thing you want. Are you going to hold him hostage because he hasn't given you what you wanted yet? What kind of relationship is that? You're supposed to be good, God. Where's my Camaro? We cannot still continue on in our loving, healthy relationship until I get my Camaro. That's a silly example. No offense, Devin. But that's a silly example. But it could be something like, why did this happen to me? And you're so longing for God to fulfill that answer. And he's going to. Let me tell you, every question that you have, God's going to answer. You just might not be physically alive when all of them get answered. On the other side, in heaven, all of those things are going to be answered. Some of them are going to be answered here on earth, and you're going to have understanding. So many questions I've asked, God has told me the answer to. But I feel like there's some people in here, and the reason I'm talking about this is because I feel like there's some people here who will not respond to God until he answers the hostage question. And he's not going to answer it. I'm sorry to disappoint you. He's not going to be held hostage because that's an unhealthy relationship. That's unhealthy. Some of you are wondering why something happened to you. I'm sorry. He cares more about you as a person than answering that question. Well, if he cared about me, he'd just answer it. Well, if you were actually in a good relationship with him, you would give him time to answer the question the way he knows is best for you. Some of you want an answer, and the reason he's not telling you is because you're probably not ready to hear it. Sometimes that's the case. He wants to take us on a journey of growth that's healthy for us. He wants to tell us, and sometimes he'll give you partial answers. He'll be like, this is part of the reason. And I'm going to tell you the rest later. And the reason you're holding him hostage is because you don't trust him, clearly. 
You don't trust his goodness. You don't trust that he's going to help you. He's going to tell you why things happen to you. He cares about you. But his priority is the love that you have between you and I, between him and you. The you and I is more important than the why, why, why. And guys, I know because I'm questionnaire, you know, billionaire question, billion question guy. And so that's just a little snippet. I'm going to move on. So I'm actually just going to wind this down. So tonight, I want you to consider something. I want you to think about something. You can't go through life waiting for it to happen to you. You can't go through life expecting everything to just happen. You have to make choices, right? Like, if you never decide to move out of your parents' house, you're going to be, like, really old and living with your parents. And, I mean, if that's what you want to do, go for it. I was, like, 19, ready to leave. But I had to make a choice, right? Or else my room wouldn't have packed itself and, like, migrated to my new place. Like, I had to find a place to live and stuff. I had to make active choices for my life to change. <clears throat> Some of those things, God will just line up in your life. He'll just send somebody, and it'll be like, hey, this piece of your life, I'm going to take care of it, Gabe. This part right here. And then you're like, okay, what about the rest? And instead of just giving it to you, he's going to give you wisdom. I'm going to show you how to do it. He doesn't just, you know, we're not babies, right? Babies have to have everything done for them. They have to be fed. They have to have their diaper changed. They need their binky. They need the little music thing that circles to entertain them while they're wishing they were with mom, you know. What is it called? Okay. Some of you still playing with yours? <laughs> Just kidding. You, are you guys babies? Okay. Do you expect me to make sure that you have a relationship with God? Okay, because I'm not going to do that because I'd be real tired. Real tired. I don't have time to make sure all of you are healthy and feeling God. Like, I'm not feeling God today. I better call Caleb. N have you talked to God about it? <laughs> like, please do not try to have a relationship with God through me. It, it's just not going to work. You, you won't be happy. I certainly won't be happy. And God will be like, you could just, you know, talk to me. But he doesn't answer. Okay. What do you know to do? Eric, what are some things when you're not feeling God, what do you do? Or if you're not hearing from God. Okay, be patient. Okay. Okay. Dominique. Is be patient. That's a good one. I do that one a lot because I'm always like, why not now? Tell me, what are some of the things when you're not feeling God or you don't, you're not feeling connected to God? What are some of the things that you do? So you'll pray and you'll worship. Okay. 
So what happens if you don't feel God when you start praying and worshiping? Keep pursuing him. Okay. Okay. Have you guys tried again? That's a methodology. It, it's not doesn't sound very spiritual, but the old try again. If you're feeling like you're not connecting with God on a deep level, just try again. Okay. And I feel like for the choice that you guys need to make about having a relationship with God. It all comes down to this. Have you given it all? And is that the direction you're heading? Have you given it all? And that's the direction you're heading. Are you putting one feet in front of the other on a daily basis and making a choice every day? That that's what I want. It comes down to this, guys. Do I want the fire? Do I want God? Do I want to know what that is and what that looks like? And do I see enough value in it to keep pursuing it? That's it. If you'll do that, you're going to experience God in ways that you can only imagine. You're going to see God change the world around you. You're going to see the fire that shakes the world, shape the world around you. JC, what if, what if every guy on your football team had a a radical encounter with Jesus. And what if, just dream you, what if after a really successful season, other people start to feel the ripple effect, the people that go to the games, see you guys praying on sideline or, or hear about the things you guys are doing in your community or the way that you treat each other, the way you act, what if the fire that started in you starts to leap off onto other people and it starts to shape the world around you? And I'm telling you this. It's not anything you have to do. You'll do stuff that comes out of the fire. You'll be inspired. You'll have a passion to do things and you'll do them out of love. But the fire is self-replicating. What happens when you get close to a fire and something's flammable, dude? You catch on fire. Okay. If I stand next to a fire with my shirt, I'm going to catch on fire. Fire is about proximity, right? That's how it duplicates. That, that's how it spreads. I'm telling you, if you will allow that to shake you, to shape you, and to maintain, you guys are going to see such transformation. You guys are going to see your family slowly and sometimes Sometimes quickly, but usually it's, it's a process. Just like it's a process with you and God, and it's not some of you are getting better and stronger and stronger, okay? It'll be a process with your family. My dad, they were all unborn-again Catholics his entire life. And almost every single one of his brothers and sisters, they've, they're like in their 80s and 70s now, and they've slowly started to pass away. Almost every single one of them has prayed to receive Christ 
They've been healed from cancer, all of these things. And it took decades. But because my dad stayed on fire, his family, it's like slowly pulling into the fire slowly pulling in and you want to see change in your family you have those questions like i feel so powerless okay hook up into the power hook up to the power you feel powerless to change your circumstance get with the one who's powerful get with the one who can shape your family who can shake your family hook up with the one who knows what to do allow him to overwhelm you and you're going to see those things start to change day by day. It takes time. You have to be patient. It's just like you're growing some corn or something or a tomato. It takes a little time, right? So you start to pray into it. You start to pray for your family. You start to pray for your friends that are hooked on porn, who are hooked on drugs, who have problems that you love, but they clearly have problems. You start to let your love radiate that fire to come and warm them. And they're like, I had a really bad day today. You're like, come on, come on, brother. And you're letting them stand near the fire. When the world seems cold to them, they get to stand next to the fire that's in you. And I'm telling you, there's nothing more satisfying. You guys think fame will do it. You think being successful will do it. It's not going to do it, guys. It's not going to satisfy what's in here, that yearning. I'm telling you, there's nothing more satisfying than being hooked up to him and starting to see the world around you look like the one that you're in love with. To see the love in him start to help broken people. And I'm telling you, it's your call. It's your mission. It's what you've been made to do. is to know him and to allow him to pull in others. Okay? That's it. That's it. It's that simple. You can be an astronaut. You can be in theater. You can write books. You can uh, participate in a spelling bee. I don't care what you're passionate about. It's so great. It's so awesome. It's so amazing. It's wonderful. It's good. All of these good things. It doesn't matter what the medium is, okay? If you're on fire. Because the fire is going to come through the medium. You want to ride bikes? Kyle, you want to run marathons? You could be the man on fire. The running man on fire. That could be you. That could be the one. When you run, you just walk past somebody. And you're like, oh my gosh. Not because you're so handsome. But you are. Because there's something in Kyle's life that even when he's present, just like Peter. Peter was so on fire, allowing God to overwhelm him, that when a shadow hits somebody that was sick or dying, they would instantly be healed. That's called a fire. That's called I know the one who's on fire. That's called I'm all consumed. Can you imagine your shadow? Like, you're just walking by some old lady in the store. She's like, my arthritis, it's gone. You're just like, oh my God. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was Jesus. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> Can you imagine? That, that what the shadow, it's just all that is is light hitting you and like, you blocking it a little bit. Just that. That's it. Can you imagine? So let's get on fire, huh? I've been talking all low-key. I'm like, Holy Spirit, why are we doing it this way? All these people are going to fall asleep. He's just like, boy, what did I say? He doesn't sound like that at all. 
<laughs> he doesn't sound like a hillbilly in my head. That would be really weird. He's like, all right, boy, I'm getting up there to preach today, all right? He's got mush mouth. It's like, Jesus, I can't hear you. It's could you speak with more diction? All right, boy. All right, stand up. All right, we're going to do a little lie slaying. Who's ready to slay some lies? All right. Did you know there's a sword in your mouth? All right, you're all being literal. You guys have the power to declare things and they happen, right? Okay, three of you. You have the power to say things and they can happen, right? All right. Your mouth is powerful, right? All right, get ready. You are about to declare over your relationship with God. And some of you, this is going to set you up. This is going to be the real meal deal. You are going to be good to go. This is the real thing for you. You're going to say this thing out. I want you to say it with full assurance of faith. I want you to say it with passion. I want you to say it. This is what's going to happen. Simple faith. Everybody say simple faith. That's it. Here we go. My eyes can see that God is real. My heart can hear his voice. I can feel God. I can feel God when I pray. I can feel God when I read the Bible. When I read the Bible, I understand it. Wow, that's a big one for some of us. <laughs> I remember I was like, Nehemiah. Okay, his name's too long. Shut. <laughs> Should name them Bob, God, because that's way too complicated. When I read the Bible, I understand it. Say it one more time. All right, here's a trippy one. I can see into the spirit realm. I can see what angels are doing. I can see what God's up to. I can hear what God's saying and tell other people what he's saying. I can encounter angels. I can cast out demons. You stomp on the hit. I have authority over any demon that tries to hurt me or the people around me. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I have permission. No, I'm not done yet, Bethany. Come on, girl. I love your enthusiasm. I have permission to be loved by God no matter what. Even when I make a mistake. Even when my parents are mad at me. Even when my grades suck. I have permission to be loved by God. God can heal my broken heart. And I'm going to be strong. I'm not a weakling. I'm a warrior. I have overcome sin. And it's easy for me to make great choices. I've got a lot of wisdom. And I make great choices. My future will be amazing because I'm an incredible person. <laughs> that one just feels good. I just like that. <laughs> I'm like, I am incredible. Thank you. Jesus will never leave me. And he'll never leave me broken. 
I will see the goodness, the goodness of God. Amen. Now you can, now you can, this is a real amen right there. All right, so I had uh, just a couple things. You guys, let's sit in the chairs real quick. Um, we're going to have to... You know, we're going to have to move on here, but I just had a couple things I felt like I heard the Lord say, so I just want to address them. Um, some of the most powerful... I'm kind of glad that... I feel like the Lord wants to give you a single principle of, to take home with you. It's going to be like your homework, okay? You're like, oh no, it's summertime, bro. Didn't you hear? No, it's super easy. The greatest breakthrough in your life isn't going to come from conferences and camps and special speakers and really anointed, sweaty men of God. They're all sweaty, you know. <laughs> I think so. Um, the greatest breakthrough in your life is going to be from the faithfulness that you have with your relationship with God. So if you treat him like a lover, and some of you don't know what that means yet, um, most of you probably shouldn't, but if you treat him like a lover in the sense of someone who's always pursuing the person they love, they're always like, I just want to be with him. If that's your mindset, if that's the way that you're approaching God, that faithfulness of pursuit, that's where your breakthrough is going to come from. The greatest breakthrough in your life is going to happen when it's just you and him, when it's, when it's you and I. That's going to be the big moments. Now, these are fantastic. The explosions of God, the awesomeness that happens, the encouragement that happens. Please, never take that away from me. I love it. And it's never going to be. It's always going to be available. God will set you up with things like that. But sometimes... You know, you won't have something like that for a while. Are you just waiting for the next time you have GT for your life to really just be full of God? Please don't. Please don't. I want you guys to have fun in God. I want you to be in your closet and having a deeper encounter than you had here this afternoon. That's totally possible. That's totally possible. The power isn't in the conference. The power is in the hunger. The power isn't in the speaker. It's in your hunger. It's in, the, it's in the want. I want God. If that goes with you when you leave these doors and you continue to pursue him and you're, and you're faithful in a way that you love him so you want to be with him, not I have to be with him. I just love to be with him and I love what he's like and I want to know more about him. And strike while the iron's hot. Go home and don't be like, man, GT's going to be awesome next year. Okay, we're going to have to like get the bicycle pump out when you get back here next year and be like... All right, you remember God is good. I'm starting to. Guys, just, just stoke the fire. Just be like, you were so good to me at camp. I think I just want to continue this relationship. That's where your breakthrough is, okay? These moments are important. They set you up for success, and they remind you of who you are and who he is. But the greatest breakthrough is in your room. It's in your car, Devin, as you're driving down the road. And you're like, God, you made the guy who made this car. This car's awesome. And you can have a relationship in your car with the Holy Spirit. Because it's not about this, it's about this. Okay? And so I got two things. I just feel like I'm supposed to hit real quick. Lower back pain, uh, right on the spine. Does anybody have lower back pain right on the spine? You? 
Come on, girl. Didn't we pray for you already? Let's get her again. Let's get her again. Um, yeah, guys, just pray for her. I'm not helping this time. Guys, pray for her. And then ask her how she's doing afterwards. Okay, test it out. Feels good. Is there any pain? Mm -hmm. All right, praise God, man. Praise God. Okay, and the other thing I had was, does anybody have hearing loss? And I thought I heard right ear. Devin, baby, come on, man. All right, let's pray for Devin. Let's pop that thing open.
Well, Devin, you let us know. Do you feel like it? Do you feel like anything has changed? Can you tell? It's very fine, uh, finite. Okay. The next. So you would need to listen to music. Nelly, go get your headphones. But we want to know now, Devin. Okay. <laughs> Devin, get those headphones in. <laughs> All right, John, you want to come up? Yeah. All right, so go ahead. while Devin's getting that set up, everybody, uh, let's have a seat. We're going to do some words of knowledge. And so the Holy Spirit's going to talk to us, and we're going to call some people out for things, and then we're going to pray over you, okay? Super weak. <laughs> okay. <laughs> John's making me do it first. Okay. Okay. Um, I feel like there's someone here, and these might be kind of funner than I thought they were going to be initially. I feel like there's someone here... Um, that loves shooting rubber bands. Shooting rubber bands. It's like an odd fascination. Emery? <laughs> okay, this is for you, Emery. Stand up, brother. Oh my God, I love this so much. It's so much fun. Uh, <laughs> Oh, it's so great. All right, Emery. Wow, that's fascinating. Uh, I never thought I would meet somebody who loves rubber bands like that. That's a, incredible. Okay. I feel like the Lord's saying, Emery, that you're kind of like, sometimes I would give, he gives me a really silly illustration, so just let me finish before you like run out of the building. I feel like he says you're like a ball rolling downhill. And I just, like, see this ball, like, rolling down a hill. And I feel like the thing about balls rolling downhill is they don't really have to try too hard. And it doesn't really take a whole lot for them to get where they're going. And, in fact, when the ball relaxes, <laughs> I know balls don't relax, but balls don't struggle on the way down. Like, the balls don't have hands, and they're like, no, they're just kind of round, and they're just like, okay, we're going. And whatever, how steep the hill is, is how fast they roll, right? And so I just feel like God wants you to relax and that you're headed where you want to go. You're headed there, dude. You're on your way, and he's got you on the downhill, and you're going to end up where you need to be. And even further, the great thing about hills is they shoot you further than just the base of the hill because of momentum. And I just feel like the Lord's saying, Emery, he's with you. He's ready to help you, and he's cheering you on. He's at the finish line going, Emery, Emery. And all the angels have the little things, you know. And you're going to win. So let's just praise God. Got one yet? Um, well, I don't know how many of you guys know me, but, um, name's Jonathan. I just wanted you to, just wanted you to know that, <laughs> what my name was, so. um, 
I was kind of feeling like um, maybe there's one of these guys over here that you feel, um, you know, for a long time, I this is something maybe something I struggled with, but you feel like you're not worthy of the word or of uh, being able to uh, speak the word to other people because maybe you struggle with things and uh, it's just keeping you down. Anytime you think about, you know, reaching out to a friend or even to a family member that needs to hear something, you have these thoughts in your mind that uh, you're not worthy to do that. Does anybody feel it? Anybody feel that way at all? You do? Well, there's more than one in each one. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, well, I mean, I, I was just feeling, you know, and um, uh, sorry. <coughs> um, thing is um Paul when he was when one of the greatest one of the one of the things that really always spoke to me and this is what I feel like I need to say is um you know he was one of the greatest preachers in my in my opinion you know uh, if you read all the new testament almost every single you know book in there is written by him and he asked uh he asked I think it was the Philippians and he asked them Pray for me that I may speak with boldness. And that's what I feel like it needs to be said. You You should not ever be ashamed of what's inside of you. Uh, The things that are being imparted into you on a daily basis, whether you're reading your word and you're digging into the word and you're really going after the things of God and you're you're reading through all the books of, uh, you know, um, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, all those books that are meant for the church, that are meant for us. And you feel like, you know, I'm not worthy to, <clears throat> I'm not worthy to even say these things to other people because I have problems myself. But the thing is, is that God has made you worthy. The moment that you accepted Jesus Christ into your life, he took you out of the kingdom of darkness and put you into the kingdom of his dear son. And you are seated in heavenly places with him. You are seated in the right hand of Jesus right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, my voice is shaky. It's just uh I'm trying to keep it together, man. <laughs> but, man, I really feel like you are worthy, man. And uh, you should never feel ashamed of what is inside of you because any thought that comes against you is just a thought of, uh, you know, when Satan comes against us, it's always to challenge our position. And our position of who we are in Jesus Christ. And who are we? We are an heir of his kingdom. You know, God has made us co-laborers with Jesus Christ. That's what it says in 1 Corinthians. And we, we're, we're, not, we're not defeated. You know, Satan is below us. He has no power over us. And, and you should uh, keep reading that word, man, and keep praying. And just know that you're worthy, man. Praise the Lord on that. That's awesome. I didn't mean to get on the preaching, man. No, brother. That's what he, that's what he needed. Trey, you ready or am I going to do one more? Okay. I don't, but I want to because it's so much fun. Uh, okay. 
Does anybody like what? Is there something about an air pump? Is there something about an air pump? Why are you laughing? Well, stand up. Stand up. <laughs> All right, sit down. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'll give you a word. Stand up. Stand up, Ben. I'm just teasing. I'm just having fun. Do you play with an air pump? <laughs> Was it fun? <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so this is not a real thing, but I think it's a good example. So, like, in Valhalla, you know, where Thor lives? <laughs> Not real. Uh, it's like Viking heaven, uh, which doesn't actually exist, sorry. Uh, but they, there's this thing called the, the Hall of Heroes. And I just feel like um, God has a Hall of Heroes. And I feel like you guys haven't even reached where you're going to reach yet. But God's already got the statues made for you in your life is going to be one that generations can look at and be like, those are the heroes of the faith. Those are the heroes that we heard about. Those are the heroes that mom and dad used to talk about whenever they talked about God moving on the earth. Those were the people that stood up for God and set the world on fire. Amen. Okay, but I think for real, it's somebody who likes bicycles a lot. I think uh, it's somebody who rides their bike more than twice a week and not to get somewhere they just like it. Anybody? I mean, you don't have to make it happen. You like riding your bike? How many times do you ride it a week? Stand up, buddy. All right. <clears throat> okay. Um. This is weird. I'm getting crescent. And, um, okay. Yeah, no, I did the same thing. I was like, croissant? <laughs> Which is what, you know, croissant means. It means crescent. Okay. Okay, this is stupid, but, I mean, sorry, Lord. This is like, Sorry, God, I don't like this word. Okay, I don't... Do you ever play Street Fighter? Do you know what Street Fighter is? Okay, there's this guy. Oh, I got it now. Okay, wow. See, the Lord takes me on journeys, and I feel like an idiot the entire time. So I'm like, okay. Uh, there's this guy named Guile on Street Fighter. He's got this big blonde hair, and he like wears this like tank top, and he's got like an America tattoo, and he's like, America... And he's like uh, military. He always has his like, camo pants on. Has anybody ever played Street Fighter? You guys know what I'm talking about Guile. And his special move, his special move is called the Sonic Boom. 
And in the old, like, arcade games, it sounds ridiculous because it'd be like, Sonic Boom! Sonic. That's how, like, all the guys talk when they do their moves because the game was probably made in Japan and everybody calls out their move just in case they don't, you know. I'm like, why are you calling out your move all the time, Japan? <laughs> like, Japan calls us on the phone. They're like, we're firing missiles. Oh! <laughs> Shoot their missiles out of the sky. Okay. And you're like, okay, get back to the prophetic word. So his special move is the Sonic Boom. And I just feel like, do you know what a sonic boom is? Okay, somebody smarter than me explain it. <laughs> I knew it. Say that one more time. Pressure wave. Okay, a pressure wave that happens beyond the frequency of audible sound. And so the result of it is when a jet, jet hits supersonic is you hear a sonic boom. Okay. Gal was a fighter pilot. And so it makes this loud. <laughs> and so the Lord says to you, Enoch, that the road that he takes you on is a road of acceleration. And right now you're on your way to the sonic boom. You're on your way to where the speed reaches the velocity where you've gone beyond the speed of sound. I have no idea what that means. But it, it does mean this, is that there is a moment in your life where things are going to crescent. Things are going to happen. They're going to crescendo. They're going to rise up. They're going to move up. And when you hit that place, there's going to be such a change in what happens to you that you're going to be moving so fast that people are going to be talking about the last thing that you did because they can't keep up with the way that God is using you. So you're leaving a trail of testimony behind you. You're moving so fast in the kingdom. You're moving at such a rate of explosive glory that people are hearing it like breadcrumbs. No, you're taking it in a negative way. Like, it's not a prideful thing, Enoch. It's a testimony thing. It's saying that you're built for speed. It's saying that you are made to go fast. You are made to... Uh, that makes so much sense with the way you talk, you know. N that's not a, I'm not making fun of you. I'm just saying, like, everything you do is like, like, I really believe this. I really believe that God made you and, and what you're passionate about. And you've told me some of those things when we've talked about that. Those things that you're passionate about that you want to do for God, you're going to reach a place where it's just happening all the time that you're leaving those breadcrumbs of testimony for people. And that's going to encourage people, not leave them in the dust. You understand? Okay. Praise God. Um, did anyone in here? Did anyone in here um, catch a lizard sometime in the past seven days? Nobody. Did you just not want to admit it, or did you forget you caught a lizard? You're what? <laughs> like, no, I'm pretty sure that was eight days. Wait, what? Oh, yeah, that was me. That was seven days. Time flies. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, stand up. <laughs> cool. <clears throat> so um, I just got this, this image of a lizard. And I just felt like, <laughs> oh, man. Okay, I need to give you this word that I can start laughing. Um, I just felt like, 
God wanted me to talk to you about just the simplicity of his presence and how, like, why did you catch the lizard? Was it because you had to feed a large pet you had or was it because you were going to eat it or was it just because you like catching stuff? And it looks pretty. So, okay. So there was, there's something to you that's just about the pursuit of it, right? It's just a thrill. Like, I like the way that looks. I'm going to grab it, right? There, there's no, like, there's no, like, purpose to it. Like, you weren't, like, we just established you weren't, like, hunting for, for food or anything. You, it was just the pleasure of, of the pursuit. And God wants just to refresh your pleasure of pursuing him. Like, Sometimes we get so caught up in like, well, I'm going after this in, in this season right now because, um, like, I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to go to college. Obviously, Stanford. You know, not even a question. Or you're like, I'm, I'm trying to figure this out or this out about God. And God, what does it mean in your word when you say this? What does it mean when, you know, what does prophecy really mean? What does speaking in tongues really mean? Like, we have all these questions, right, that are serious. But God wants to just remind you how pleasurable and fun it is to pursue his presence. To just, to just not, almost just like catch, catch a glimpse of when he walks to the room, you know, like today when we were all over there and well, first of all, there's just a few people and Caleb's like, Hey guys, go over there. If you want to just tap into whatever they're tapping into, right? There was nothing like God wanted to encounter us, whether or not we went over there, but why, but why does God let that happen sometimes? Why does he put something, a spot in a room? It's because he knows that in our minds, we like to go catch something. Let's go get this, right? Oh, a lizard. Let me get that. It's because there's just this childlike joy and chasing after something that you have to be really fast about. And so I feel like God uh, is just saying that he's going to give you moments throughout your life. And and you're going to start recognizing them more. Where it's one thing and you just real quick just decide, I'm just going to catch this moment with God. And you're just going to find so much joy and fulfillment in that. And I also hear him say that he loves to pursue you too. And that... The times that you felt like tired or burnt out or stressed out, those are the times he loves reaching for your heart. He loves reminding you how important you are to him. And he just loves you so much that he, he loves you so much that it's his, it's his pleasure to reveal himself to you. Like he can't wait until you ask him more questions because he can't wait to give you answers. So yeah, I just wanted to bless you with that. Okay, does anybody in here uh, really like sharks? Like they have a fascination with sharks. <laughs> Taylor, I thought that was I thought that was you being like, it's me. <laughs> She's back there giving hand signals to Caleb. And I thought she was like, it's me. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> Tomorrow starts Shark Week. Yeah. Does anyone like sharks? Fascination with sharks. Oh, well, stand up. (laughs) Okay, just stand up, both of you. Kidding me. 
Your shirt says brotherhood. This is for you. Oh my gosh, that's really cool. Okay. Okay. So, oh, this is exciting. Okay. So the first thing I saw was, I thought of sharks. And I thought of that song. Do you guys know the song, Mac the Knife? Oh, the shark, uh, oh, the shark has pearly, what is it? Has, it's like, oh, the shark has nice teeth, do you guys know that song? Okay, it's really old. It's this Michael Bublé song, whatever. It's this very old song. (laughs) I had to go look at the lyrics because I didn't know what they said. Apparently, I still don't. Okay, that's the first line, but basically that whole song is about like, this reputable man coming back into town. They're like, oh, is it Mac the Knife? Mac's back in town? The whole thing is about that. And basically, I feel like I feel like the word over your guys is like family is that you guys are like just like a, a really well-known, really influential family like in this community. And that if like wherever you guys go, it's like, what's your guys' last name? Brax? Okay, it's like, oh my gosh, is that the Brax family? I want to be like them. I want to hang out with them. I want to go watch Shark Week with them. I love them. They're so cool. Like, you guys just have such a, a like, a reputable family. Then I saw CEO in, like, um, kind of they look like Greek letters. And it made me think of a fraternity. At first I thought it was spelling out a fraternity, like, thing. And then I thought, oh, this person's like a leader of a brotherhood. And you're wearing that shirt. That says brotherhood on it. And so I feel like your guys' family, like you guys do community really, really well. Like you guys are the leader of like a pack. Like maybe that's representing your your family, that you guys are like a familyhood, not just a brotherhood. You're like a familyhood. And yeah, you guys have something really unique, a really, really, really unique grace on your family just for connection and being reputable and like being a standout like just standout family and then about the sharks i don't really know so i don't know <laughs> did anybody else catch when todd was leading worship tonight one of the things he says is like i want to be a shark I'm already a shark. I mean, he really likes sharks a lot. I think he goes over to their house for Shark Week. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, uh, there's someone here. Okay, this is the most bizarre thing. Is somebody here have this weird thing where when they paint their toenails, they don't like to paint all of them? All the boys raise their hand. So, you? You never paint the pinky toe? Is it okay? Is there anybody else that when you paint your toes, you don't like to paint all of them? Okay. It's it is funny. It's very funny. Okay, stand up. Okay, do you really like painting like your favorite toe to paint is your big toe? This is super awesome. <laughs> I'm having so much fun. Uh, okay, this is totally for you. You're getting the double double dose. Two scoops. Two scoops for you. Okay, um, that word was for your family, but this word is for you. Inheritance. 
Now, money's good, right? Valuables are good. Sometimes the furniture is good. Um, that's awesome. I want a kid so bad. It's so awesome. Uh, <laughs> I'm just like, you're amazing. Uh, the laugh just like is perfect. I'm just going to be doing that in heaven. <laughs> that's what I'm going to be doing in heaven around the throne. <laughs> that's totally what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> I'm totally, that's my life in heaven. Um, but I feel like all of those things are good. But I feel like there's somebody, is there like a grandpa or a grandma that like really knew God? Who like really knew God? Okay. Do you know like anybody in particular? Your grandpa? And why is that? Why would you say that about him? Mm-hmm. Sure. I love that because it's like, even though it took him to a certain point to get there, it's just like, boom. It's so awesome. Is here, like, would you say, and I don't mean this to be a leading question, but I felt like I heard the word tenacity. And is there something about him, like, that has this, like, kind of never give up thing? Or is there something that he's done in his life where he really had to pursue it for it to happen? Yeah, I just feel like God wants to give you that depth that you see in him, that it's so attainable for you. And I feel like he's actually using your grandpa as a signpost for you to say, this is where we're going to be. This is us. This is me and you. And I feel like there's been kind of a struggle at times with you're like right here about at the halfway point with God. And you're like, I really like you, but it's like, I don't really understand you. And it's kind of like, I don't know why things are this way, but I feel like you're going to reach this place where all the what ifs and whys and who does it and all those things are just like not going to mean as much to you anymore. And you're just going to see something. And I think you're going to see it in your grandpa. I think maybe even the next time you see him. And I, if I want you to come and report back to me and you're like, that totally didn't happen. You know, <laughs> be like, all right, well, I'll pray some more next time before I prophesy. Uh, I'm just kidding. But I, I want you to report back to me what happens. But I feel like maybe even the next time you see him, you're going to see, God's going to show you something in him. And he's going to be like, this is how he got there. And you're going to see that and you're going in, to inherit it. And it, you're going to get to keep it. I think that's for you. So, let's go. Are we ready? You want me to keep going? We're good? We're ready? Okay. Uh, I have one more. Super short. I'll keep it. It's for Isaac. Isaac. 
Um, so, <clears throat> here we are. <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm just going to call out everything you did wrong this week. No, that's so mean. Uh, I just feel like the Lord says that you're the mountain that can't be moved. Um, there's some mountains that people want to build roads through. And they're like, okay, so what we'll do is we'll just blow it up with dynamite. And then some of them are like, actually, guys, uh, that mountain is not going to get moved. So we're just going to have to dig a tunnel through it. Uh, so get your pickaxes out because it's going to be a long day. And I feel like God says, you're not the type of mountain that's going to be pushed over or pushed aside or left behind. You're the type of mountain that the blizzard can come. You know, like Everest has never like started sweating because it's like, well, that blizzard looks really big. You know, Mount Everest, it's just like, I'm a mountain. Who cares about the blizzard? <laughs> and I feel like God says, you're, you're made of the kind of stuff that when the big storms come, you're just going to stand. And yeah, the mountain gets tore up a little bit and like gets its shins, you know, skinned and all that. And like gets covered in snow and it's like, all right, <laughs> got to get that off. And there's always like people trying to hike up and they're like, he's like, get off, freaks, get off me. No, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Trespassers. <laughs> but I just feel like there's such a strength in you. And I think you already know it. I think that you've looked at your life and you've said, well, I've made it this far. I'm still here. I'm still standing. I'm not crumpling up in a ball wishing my life would change. I'm making the best of it. And that's powerful, dude. That's powerful, Isaac. To say, you know what? I'm going to do it, man. I'm so proud of you. I just love you. That's it. All right.